I have a question for you. Yeah. When's the last time you had Apple Jacks? Apple Jacks? Shit. I don't know. I bought a box of Apple Jacks recently, and uh, they don't taste the same as I remember. They taste much more uh, cinnamon forward than apple forward, and I'm wondering if this is a like this is just New Zealand Apple Jacks, like they bake them different and for New Zealand, or if this is just way the way Apple Jacks are now. I genuinely don't know. <laughs> How's the mouth feel? <laughs> uh, cinnamon it, it's, forward. It's crunchy. <laughs> Shit. I'm trying to class up my breakfast experience here. How's that working out for you? Not very well. Welcome back to another episode of the Daily Screening slash Does It Hold Up? You got the go with a slash from now on. I'm gonna go with a slash. You You're like it's a up, file directory. <laughs> uh, we are back again. We had a little little time off last week because uh, Bart moved. Hi, Bart. Hey, I moved. Where you you moved? You you live in a new house in a new city? It's true. New zip code. That's correct. How's how's it, how's it hanging, man? Uh, pretty good. House is it's a nicer place to wake up. I had to go back to the old apartment to uh, get the remaining shit, and yeah, I like I I didn't realize how used to the house I had become and how much better it is. It's better because mm-hmm. there's sunlight <laughs> and windows and grass and stuff. Uh, it's better. <laughs> I like it. How are you, man? Yeah, I'm. Uh, you know. The, the malaise is starting to set in a little over here, I think. It's going around, yeah. I've been off work now for uh, about two solid months. Yikes. Um, yeah, and the first few weeks was fine. I had like lots of projects and things around the house to keep me busy, like all this stuff that I'd been neglecting to do or hadn't gotten around to or whatever. Um, and I've sort of run out of a lot of that stuff, or at least <laughs> I've run out of it to the extent of like, things that I can do without having to go to a store and buy stuff, mm-hmm. which I can start to do now. Like I, uh, uh, years ago, like literally like four years ago, or shortly after we moved to New Zealand, I bought this really sweet um, art print uh, of uh, the Hateful Eight um, mm-hmm. from, um, from Mondo Tees. And it uh, has been sitting in a poster tube for the last four years mm-hmm. i mean partially because we keep moving house and none of the houses felt like anywhere we were going to really settle in mm-hmm. um but part of it was that i was having trouble finding a, a picture frame that fit it for some reason i oh, think because okay. all the frames here are like they're sized in metric oh, um, and the, the print is standard yeah so the print is 24 by 36 but all the frames here are like a2 a4 or it's like you know, round numbers metrically and 24 by 36 is like 0.62 by 90 and a half or something like that. Yeah, exactly. So I had to find a frame that was 24 by 36, which I finally did, but then I couldn't buy it until like two days ago when, (laughs) uh, 
retail started to reopen here because hey uh we started to ease our lockdown here in new zealand oh uh, because you have a functioning yeah. government yep that's the reason because um, you're because your fearless leader is not telling you to drink drano and inject disinfectant <laughs> straight into your eyes that is correct <laughs> uh yeah no we're, we're i mean we're still pretty locked down um there uh you know social distancing is still very much in effect and only s- not most businesses are still work from home or closed yeah. um, really all they've done is uh open up like drive through and takeaway food and did you say takeaway i did i said takeaway that's what they that's what they say you, you don't you, they say takeaway here it's that's one of those like kiwiisms i've learned to adopt um because i think it's close enough to what i'm used to saying that I, it doesn't bother me so we're in we've got two weeks of slightly eased restrictions um but uh, for the most part, everything is still still closed. Um, yeah, yeah. And nobody, God knows when I'll ever actually go back to work. Um, it'll it'll be months before I can actually go back to my job. So, um, so yeah. So it's just been like I've, I'm transitioning into full blown stay at home dad mode. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Although even that is like I'm saying it's like stay at home with training wheels because you know like Jamie's working from home, mm-hmm. but she is like busy and sort of sequestered in another room for most of the day um but also my mom is here so like whenever i need to really do something i can always just like hand the baby off and be like hey can you watch her for 20 minutes while i go do this thing even still it's just the like being at home all day and like that was that like cycle of like okay it's nap time okay it's food time you know it's Mm -hmm. like that's my her her day is my day and i'm like fully transitioned into that mode at this point um so i find it sometimes hard to do to like find the time to do other things you know yeah because it's like it's like oh she okay i got her down for a nap let me like just take like 10 or 15 minutes to just like sit on the couch quietly for and just like scroll through the internet and just like Mm-hmm. decompress for a minute be a human yeah exactly and then like you know okay and then maybe i can try and go do something else but sometimes she only naps for like 45 minutes so yeah, yeah. it's like oh i spent 10 minutes on on my phone and then i looked up and all of a sudden it was like well i had a sandwich and then she woke up again so but it's fine because she's great and she's like relatively speaking she's very easy to deal with so she's walking though she is walking. She started walking last since we last did an episode. Yeah, um, and now she's like walks everywhere. It's crazy. She's like started running now. She's oh in the God. living room. She will like 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 sprint from one end of the room to the other because it's all carpet. So yeah, it's crazy. So this is my my quarantine question for you this week. Yep. Is um what is is there something you've done since you've been in lockdown um that like you you wouldn't have done. In, if like your life hadn't like been put on hold, you know, um, like some weird hobby or activity or something where you're like, oh, I guess I do this now. Not really. Um, I downloaded TikTok, and I instantly regret it. <laughs> it. Okay, all right. I have a question about TikTok because I only sort of understand TikTok, and I'm uh, and I'm I have just... no answers about TikTok. No, 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 no. You might have an answer for this question. This very, this like only this question about TikTok is TikTok just Vine again? Yes and no. I was never a heavy Vine user. I had a Vine account and like occasionally looked at it, but I feel like 
TikTok is largely built around memes. I feel like Vine was more like, hey, here's a video of, of a thing. Here's a quick video of a thing that I that happened to me. Or it's like, oh, I took a video. Let me upload it to Vine. TikTok is less like found content and more like, hey, I saw somebody do this video. I'm going to do my version of that video, you know? Um, oh. So you can you can uh, sample other users' audio. You can like watch a video and be like, oh, that I'm going to steal the audio from that video, whether it's like a song clip or literally whatever they're saying, and then use it over your own video. So it's a lot of like people lip syncing to other audio, um, oh, whether it's like f- clips from movies or just like random snippets of dialogue. Really, it's a lot of... Um, it's a lot of girls dancing in like 10 second bursts. Uh, um, but it's like, it's what it is. It's like somebody comes up with like a specific dance to a particular song. And then it just, it just gets repeated. Like someone, they, a million people repeat it basically. Sure. Okay. So it's very weird. You, you so, watch it and it's like you, you scroll through TikTok for 20 minutes and you see the same thing repeated over and over and over again, just by I, different people. So it's very weird. I don't want that. So, yeah, okay. I don't, okay, you know what? Going back to your previous question about things that I wouldn't have been doing, but for quarantine, if one thing, if, if there's one thing about this whole quarantine business that has gotten into my head in a way that I don't think would have happened otherwise, it's that time simultaneously has no meaning and is incredibly finite. Yeah. Like, so it's yes. like, I don't know when one day begins and one day ends anymore. And I don't know what day of the week it is. And I don't know what the date is. April's almost gone. What I don't know how that happened. Yeah. But I have realized that at the same time, you only have so much life. <laughs> and I don't really want to burn mine on TikTok. Like, <laughs> Reprioritization. That's good. I guess. I just, I don't, I don't give a shit about it. And it's like, some of the stuff, like it's made me realize that there are people that I've collected over the years that I have no use for. It's, yeah. it's kind of sad, but also, eh, fuck, I don't care. Like, I... <laughs> like I, I've got thi- like I've got good work to do and I've got hobbies to do and I've got priorities to keep and some of you eh. <laughs> like sorry I think it's I think it's very fair it's, if nothing else I think quarantine has taught us all to sort of streamline our lives and we all are sort of figuring out what's what's necessary and what's not necessary like what's a luxury and what's yeah. you know required in our lives and what we need to get by and what it's just like stuff that makes us feel better sometimes you know and And the stuff that makes us feel better is has that like there's value to that for sure there absolutely is but but not even that but i mean but it helps you find a balance you know yeah i mean like super tuesday was not that long ago yeah and yet it feels like it was a million years ago Yeah, and somehow it feels less important i know it's not less important but it feels less important and um yeah. It's just weird. Hey, let's talk about this movie. Oh god. Napoleon Dynamite. Napoleon Dynamite is an extremely stupid movie. <laughs> it's I, I'm not convinced I saw a movie at all. Like it's it, very it's, it's very fair. I, I'm trying to figure out whether it is just exceptionally dumb or if it's prescient. 
Napoleon Dynamite made me come to grips with the fact that I have been pronouncing that word wrong for most of my life because I want to say prescient, but it's not prescient, <laughs> it's prescient. No, it is um, prescient. And I think that maybe this movie was prescient in that when it came out in 2004, hmm. um, which is the thing that I'm going to say now. Yeah, definitely. There, there, there not enough aughts in the world. Yeah, there, there weren't really memes yet. Not, I mean, there were, but, but these, this was a different era of the internet. GIFs existed, but not like oh, they sure, do but they now. were a pain in the ass to use. Yeah, yeah, right. And so, like, that's all this movie is. This, this movie is just a, it's just a string of GIFs. So here's why I was curious about this to revisit this one. Um, I think this is, uh, I think there's something, there's an interesting sort of subclass of movies. And it's, I feel like oftentimes it's something that's a little idiosyncratic like this. Um, or like Juno is another one that occurred to me. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. Where it's like they come out and they have like a huge cultural impact, you know? Like like they, they come out and it's like the thing everyone's talking about and people like make references to it and jokes to it like nonstop mm-hmm. for like six months to a year maybe and then they completely evaporate yeah. from the culture yeah. and like no like you know if yeah, you make yeah. a napoleon dynamite reference somebody might it's, get it but like nobody goes to the trouble of making yeah. a napoleon dynamite reference so you know it's, so it's well so yeah so i i, I read part of a retrospective of uh, like after i watched it about this and it was like what this movie is was it had you know a huge cultural impact just like you said um and it was an inside joke that was inside until everybody knew it right exactly and then it became totally passe basically so it's like this it's like this is one i think when we were kids i would argue ren and stimpy was one Sure, totally. Um, South Park, though that stuck around. Mm-hmm. That, like that had a little more staying power somehow. Well, yeah, I mean South Park's um, still around, but yeah, Beavis I mean once Beavis they started putting, they killed Kenny on a T-shirt. Ever became less cool, right. you know? Be- Beavis and Butthead. Yeah. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah, it's just and it's that kind of thing, I, and I feel like some of them. Um, it's counterculture, you know. It's like it's it's a counterculture movie. It's, it's like it's it's I think it's, it's culty. It's and manufactured as soon as it becomes mainstream. This was an MTV film. Like, well, yes, it yes and no. Like, it is, and I, I MTV distributed it. Um, but I think this is a little more authentic. And that's the thing. I think really all of those things that you just mentioned, like mm-hmm. they come from like an authentic voice. They come from an authentic place. Mm-hmm. It's just that they get it's once they get become appropriated on a wide enough scale. You know, Family um, Guy. Yeah. So, so this one is, um, you know, so it's this weird little story about this, like, weird loser guy who goes to high school in a small rural farming town in Idaho, mm-hmm. and his weird high school and family, you know, travails, I guess. Um, but There's no plot Jared Hess. Movie. There's no, no, it's plot. no, it's very, it's very, sh- it's very shaggy. It's very sort of like shambling, and but that's part of its charms, you know. Um, uh, but the, sure. but the director Jared Hess, like he's from Idaho. Like this is a lot of this stuff is based on stories that he grew up with, yeah, and, and like that things too. that happened to him and his friends, you know. Yeah, so yeah. like this, the so it is, it is authentic and, yeah. in that way, you know. Yeah, it's not sure. like MTV manufactured this 
like oddity to appeal to odd people, you know? Um, no, but they recognized it. Yes. No, they recognized the, the, the uniqueness, you know? Yeah, I guess. Um, but I, I said, I just, I just find it really interesting when these movies, like, I mean, I, I had a vote for Pedro t-shirt. Did you? Um, I think I even, yeah, I think I even made it. I was thinking about this because I, co- I think it was, it was, you know, Oh four. So we were in like, I think we were juniors, seniors in college. Like we, it would have been, um, just at a point where it would have been kind of difficult to find a vote for Pedro t-shirt. Um, like nowadays it would be super easy. It would be like a million of them on Etsy or Amazon or whatever, but that wasn't quite as easy at the time. I think I found a place that, uh, you could download like an iron on decal. So you just had to go get like the iron on paper oh, sure. yeah, and, and then yeah. you could just down, like print it out and, and iron it onto a t-shirt. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, why not? John Heater appeared in character as Napoleon at like a bunch of award shows and stuff. Like, I mean, this was just one of those things where, yeah, it was, it was the inside joke until everybody got it. And then it wasn't, it wasn't cool anymore. You know? Right. Yeah. I mean, he, he never escaped the role. This was his Star Trek. Like, yeah. Well, and that was the other thing I was curious about, you know, like where, what happened to all these people? Like, cause like none of these people, it's not, it's not a lot of, you watch it and it's not like, Oh yeah, that guy went on to do all this nope. other stuff, you yep. know, just Tina, I mean, John Heater, <laughs> John Heater made a couple of movies uh, after, that there and was a figure skating to one, be, right? Yeah, he did a figure skating one with Will Ferrell, uh, yeah. Blades of Glory. Oh, that's um, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, I never saw that. Was it any good? Yeah. No, I didn't see it either. No. Um, but <laughs> but it was a lot of like him playing kind of like weird, like shy, timid, nice guy kind of things. But he he actually ended up doing has he still works a lot. Uh, he does a lot of voiceover. I've I've discovered. Oh really? Um, he does a lot of like he does a lot of like animation voiceover work. Oh, good days. for him. Um, uh, and Jared Hess, the director, writer, director is a kind of similar deal. Like he made a couple of movies right after. And I think this is also interesting where it's like, you know, so he comes out with this movie, Napoleon Dynamite, which is like, so it has such a specific style and voice. And then you look at like what he did after that, you know, it, it feels easy to compare him to somebody, you know, else who who has a sort of very specific style and voice like i was thinking of like wes anderson you know like yeah. you watch a wes anderson movie and you can instantly tell like oh this is wes anderson like it's got all of these little like ticks yeah. and benchmarks that make it like very him mm-hmm. and so and and he's someone you know wes, i think it's really interesting to sort of compare the two because it's like wes anderson makes all of these movies that feel very of a piece even if the like characters and the setting and this type of story are all very different. Um, like they're instantly identifiable as him. And there's like a progression where it's sort of, it's sort of feels like he is constantly getting closer and closer to achieving like his final form. Um, the most Wes Anderson. <laughs> yeah. Grand Budapest is pretty damn close. I think. Uh, yeah. Jared Hess makes this movie and then he follows it up with uh, uh, Nacho Libre which is very similar. Like yeah. the the style and the voice is like very very similar. Uh, it's Jack Black as a, yeah. a priest who moonlights as a, a luchador, um, yeah. and it's not like it, I mean that movie's not very good. But like I, you know, I think it's interesting where people sort of react to that similarness and go like, oh no, he's just trying to recapture Napoleon Dynamite, and. 
no, but you you don't see that reaction to somebody like Wes Anderson, where it's like, oh, oh this is just like I don't. This know. is just like Tenenbaums, but but more or whatever. You I know? mean, it, it, well, and maybe it's just that his movies are like have a lot more going on for them. So I, I don't know. It's easier I mean, to maybe, focus on other stuff, but maybe it's that, or maybe it's that he's just done it so many times that it's yeah. like. That's just what he is. Yeah, maybe it's, like, it's the same thing with. But like, uh, but he still gets. But he gets the opportunity to keep doing that. You know, like. Well, that's because like they're better. Jared, they're, I mean, they're better movies. And and it might just be a matter of like whatever, like the actual, like the reaction to what the actual style is over the substance. You know. Yeah. yeah Where it's yeah. like some of these things, you they can sort of grow and evolve, and sometimes it just feels like it's the same thing, except now he's a priest. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, like right. I don't really want that. Um, um, and Jared Hess went on to do other stuff. Like he's done some TV and um, he made some other sort of more idiosyncratic movies as well. Um, but, you know, I don't think any, none of them ever had like the same like big like cultural impact, yeah. however brief that Napoleon Dynamite did. And that feels like that feels like a shame. I feel like that guy should have worked more or like should have had a, a bigger a bigger career. You know, he's he's more of a like a. Uh, he, you know, he's just a work. He's just a worker now. Like he, he makes some. He makes some stuff. But yeah. that guy, I feel like I would have liked to see him get the chance to like grow a little more. You know. Yeah. How, how many Darren Aronofsky movies are there? Ooh. Uh, let's see. There's Pi Requiem, The Fountain, uh, Noah. Oh, okay. Mother Black Swan. Uh, oh, I forgot about Black Swan. I never actually saw it. Oh, uh, the wrestler. I think he did the wrestler. Is, is so the, oh. okay. So more I than mean, that's 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 seven. He's probably. I think I feel like that's one or two more that I'm missing. So he's probably somewhere in the around tenish. I just I was thinking about it because I mean, like when I think of Aronofsky, it's Pie and Requiem. You know, it just is. yeah. Um, probably because that was the moment in my life when I was happy to watch Darren Aronofsky movies. Yeah, um, yeah. Fair. And, I, and not really since. In the same way, like, David Lynch movies. I don't want to sit around and watch David Lynch movies anymore. I just, I'm not yeah. into it. Um, like, I don't need to sit around and watch, you know, Eraserhead. I just don't want, I just don't want to. I don't, I'm just not into it. <laughs> See, um, I'm always into Eraserhead. Well, okay, okay, fine, fine. Mulholland Drive. I, I, I don't, I when know. I watch, when I, I've only seen Mulholland Drive the once. Just the once. And I don't think I ever will watch it again because my memories of it are so fond because of what the yeah. way that I was. So I saw it in a dorm room in college with like five or mm. six friends and we were all drinking. And all we did was mock the shit out of it, um, which is not what you're <laughs> supposed to do during Mulholland Drive. But no, but it is what you're supposed to do in a college dorm room. Correct. And the thing is, it, it, like, it, it was, I swear to God, the funniest movie I've ever seen. <laughs> because, like, <laughs> Which is not supposed to be, but in my memory, that's what it is, and that's where I yeah. want it to stay. We were talking, Jamie and I were talking about that the other day, sort of about um, like cinematic experiences you have, like mo- movies where like you have a very strong memory of like where you were and what happened when you watched it, and like like a really strong positive like reaction, but then like you've never revisited it, you know. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I was thinking it's not a, like a, it's not a really enjoyable one, but uh, I the first time I saw uh, United ninety three, um, I really loved that movie. It's I mean it's fucking harrowing and and 
awful, but it's such a well-made film that it like totally knocked me sideways. And then, uh, and then I've never watched it. Like I bought it as soon as it came out, but then I've never watched it like since the theater. All right. So what else can we say about Napoleon Dynamite? It's got no plot. The acting is, I don't think, okay. So first of all, this movie is full of non-actors, you know, like all of the faculty at the school, the farmer guys, that farmer guy is fucking great though. That old man farmer who like shoots the cow. Apparently that really happened. That old guy is fucking amazing. What a what a discovery! Oh man. <laughs> but you no, know, so I think I mean you're right. There's not much plot to, uh, to speak of here. Um, it's very much like a, a character piece, and you know the movie lives and dies on whether or not you enjoy spending time with these characters. Do you? Yeah, for the most part, I do. Um, really? Yeah, I think I think there's a lot of really great character work. Um, I, think I wrote down great economy of character. You know. Um, where it's, you know, they, they do, they make a meal out of, you know, out of like a spoonful, you know, Um, they present very little to it about these characters, but they're like, they, they just feel completely fully realized. Um, even if they only get like one or two scenes. So that's how I used to feel about it. When I watched it this time, I was just like, I am not interested in this. And I don't know if I just... I'm looking for a narrative where a narrative does not exist or, or if it's just meme culture has destroyed this movie. I don't, hmm. I honestly don't know. And that was the other reason I was curious to rewatch it was like, because it's a movie that completely evaporated from the culture. Um, you know, my question sort of became like, is it, did that happen because it was just something that was very of a moment and that moment has passed and like, it doesn't, it, there's no appeal to it anymore. Or is it just like one of those things where it's like, We've all forgotten about it, but like, does, does it still hit the same way it used to? Is it just the kind does. of thing where it's like er, culture moved on and like it's this weird time capsule of a moment that doesn't really play today? Or is it just the kind of thing where it's just sort of like, no, 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 it's short attention span and it still works. We just haven't looked at it in a while. I feel like if I saw this for the first time right now, I would say this is idiotic. <laughs> How much of that, though, do you think is you being 36 as opposed to 21 you know my friend we are 37 yeah i i know i was rounding (laughs) um i was rounding down by one year it's fine um (laughs) but yeah Um, like how much of that is you think it's just where like where we are as viewers you know i mean that's a fair point but i think that 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 question is kind of uh, kind of a core thing to the question of does it hold up? Because, you know, we saw this in 2004 when we were, how old were we in 2004? We would have been seniors in college. So right, we would like have been, 20, I don't 20, remember what month it came out. I don't but yeah, 20, 20, 21. You know, you are who you are when you're 2021. The world yeah. is amazing when you're 2021 or fucking terrible <laughs> or both at the same time. I don't know. Um, but I think asking the question of whether something that came out then holds up now is very much a function of how we have changed and not necessarily how oh, absolutely. it has changed. I have no use in my life for Napoleon Dynamite, apart from apart from an occasional gif, I guess. <laughs> like, it is not a good movie. It's not a good movie. It's, it's a collection of memorable... I was going to say scenes, but it's not even scenes. It's yeah. like shots or yeah, one-liners. Yeah, like moments. This little, yeah. Like, and that's fine, but it's not a movie. Did you, did this movie make you laugh at all? Like, were there stuff that 
like comedy that still hit at all no but that's because they but, but it had no surprises either like i, I well because so... that's the other thing i was thinking of is like this is a movie that because it's so unique in its like voice and its style that like yeah. when it comes out when you see it for the first time it kind of hits you sideways and like you're not right. expecting any of it so yeah. it kind of constantly surprises you right so but the, yeah the, the replay value always suffers with that kind of kind of thing yeah exactly um, and yeah, yeah. i mean like, like the, so the, the the finale is probably the best example of that like his big dance routine the first time you see it is so fucking amazing like it's crazy and it you like it's like fist pumping and it's like really funny and like really awesome and and then yeah every time after that you're like oh yeah and then this is the part where he dances you know what it <laughs> is it's yoda with a lightsaber Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, that's the, ex- the, the first, same thing. Yeah, the yeah. first time you're, it's like that's amazing. And then after every time after, it's like, oh, okay, fine. Meh. And then he's just flipping around and yeah, shit. Fine, around. Yeah, fine. The thing about this movie is that it is a, about a town full of people who are deeply uncool. You know, um, and I've always sort of been a fan of movies about <laughs> movies about deeply uncool people. I think there's something I think there's something great about that. And I don't know how much of it is like the, it's people that are like very unique and um, not necessarily the people, you know, movies are usually about people being awesome and like, you know, people you want to aspire to. So movies about people who are sort of living in the margins are always like way a little more interesting in a way. Um, part and parcel with that, I suppose, is there's a sense of almost like reassurance in that move in those movies where you're like, well, <laughs> I may not be fucking cool, but I'm cooler than that guy, <laughs> you know? Sure. <laughs> like there's sure. something sort of fundamentally like that helps prop you up a little bit. But even even the like cool people in this movie are uncool, you know? Like even the people who like like Uncle Rico and Summer Wheatley and her boyfriend, like the people who are supposed to be cool in this movie, you're like you watch them and you're like, Oh no, no, honey, no. You live in a tiny town and like the second you step out of Idaho, you would be like ridiculed by the world. But like you are cool within the bounds of your little world, you know. And so there's something like interesting about that little like hierarchy as well. That even when you present someone as like, oh, they're like the cool person in this town. After over time, you start to go like, oh no, but they're fucking lame too, you know? Yeah, there is one person in this movie who is cool anywhere. It's Grandma. Oh, grandma. <laughs> yeah. It's absolutely Fair. grandma. She's however old she is, and she's on the sand dunes, and she with eats the ATV. Ste- with an ATV, she only eats steak. Yeah, I- I'll have a beer with you. <laughs> absolutely. I want to hear your stories. I was thinking about it. Um, oftentimes, I think w- what makes a movie, there's something going on there, whether it's the setting or the style or the fashion or the story whatever it is that is like it's very of a moment in time you know um and that can be what makes a movie feel dated later and like harder to access later is if you're not a part if you're not in that moment anymore you know um this movie i think is unique in that it sort of exists out of time you know Mm, because it's not it's not a period movie it is. It's though. set in two thousand. It no, no, it's not. It's I mean, it's set in two thousand four. So it is. It is set in the time that it was released, but the way that everybody dresses and speaks and the style, like it all feels late eighties, early nineties. It's like everybody is 
a little out of sorts, but it is actually set in 2004. Uh, yeah. I think uh, in the opening credits, you see Napoleon's student ID, and it says 2004 on it. And when you look at like the other students in the school, mm-hmm. like all, most of them are dressed, a lot of them are dressed in sort of regular modern clothes because they just used kids in that area. But like Napoleon and uh, uh, and Deb and uh, Kip, like all of the main characters have this like very bizarre, outdated sense of style, and that even like includes the way they. The way they talk as well. Somebody asked Jared Hess, when does this movie take place? And he said, Idaho. (laughs) Which I think is kind of great. (laughs) That is kind of great. Um, There is is one piece that falls down, though. Um, This movie movie 100% falls prey to the internet of the time. Oh sure, the, yeah. Any like the con- any discussion of chat rooms and dial-up pricing and ordering a time machine that just zaps your balls, like. But even that feels like that wasn't two thousand four. Wasn't I mean we weren't. Idaho certainly still would have you know rural areas still would have been uh, mostly on dial-up. I'm sure, but like that wasn't sort of the status quo. I would say of of the internet at that point. I mean there was. There was Wi-Fi in 2004, you know? <laughs> it wasn't very good, but it existed. How hard did you pump your fist when the A-Team theme song started playing? I cringed. You cringed? Oh, I, cr- no. I, I cringed because I like I like every iteration of the A-Team more than this. But I like the I like the music as a whole. Like it's got that it's all like sort of weird, it's, like sort of synth poppy. It's Casio tone, man. I was like, yeah, yeah. It feels like somebody like just yeah sitting there like plunking out keys on a Casio keyboard. That's exactly. I mean, right. that, that's exactly what it was. And I, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It dipped. It, it dipped into the hipster douchebag well for me. And I was just like, I don't. I don't want that. <laughs> like, yeah, fair I, enough. I feel. I, I feel like there there are things I hate about hipster culture that can trace roots even if they're long and sinewy back to this movie yeah. and it makes me angry. <laughs> like, I don't, I just, I don't want that. Like can't, shave that mustache. You don't, you don't want that. Like you don't need that. <laughs> it is very fair. I mean, look, uh, we could, we could probably skip to the end here. So does not hold up for you. No, obviously I'm sorry. Not a fan. I like, mean, I, 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 I recognize the significance of it. And I, again, was was it prescient or just stupid? And I, the answer is both. The answer is yeah, yeah yes. Um, it, it's a meme generator before memes existed. I'm not going to die on the hill of Napoleon Dynamite, but um, I, I but I did find it entertaining though. You know, like it's not a movie I need to rewatch very often. But like I laughed at Napoleon falling, like trying to go off a bike jump and like hitting his nuts on the bike i laughed at the old at the old farmer guy shooting the cow in front of the busload of kids like there was plenty plenty of stuff there that i found entertaining um and i found myself drawn more towards like weird little like weird shit in the background kind of stuff that's fair enough um, but but like i've seen it before and so yeah I don't know. It's like in the very, very back of my head, some of these jokes. And yeah. It, it, it now feels to me like a movie where it's like, it's kind of movie that you just like, it's playing on TV 
and you kind of like stumble on it like 20 minutes in and you're like, oh yeah, I can leave this on while I make a sandwich and fold my laundry yeah, or whatever. So and the then, thing. and then turn it off after 20 minutes, you know, like you, it's not a movie I ever feel beholden to, but it's like, yeah, but it's, it's fine. I feel like this should have been like 20 minutes long. No, in a way it does kind of feel like a sketch that's been dragged out to like 90 minutes, you know, and yeah, probably yeah, has I mean, like it, it, 25 it minutes that doesn't have, need I mean, to be it, there, you know? It, it feels like if, if, if O. Henry got really drunk and <laughs> just moved like it, it, like if 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 o henry like somehow were merged with the old man in the sea and moved to idaho and like saw one scene from a wes anderson movie <laughs> you get napoleon dynamite and i just like it's 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 trying so hard to be so many things I mean, I think I think it's interesting because yeah, it's like it's, it's like I said, it's it's very of a moment, but also sort of dissociated from time. But it's also got a very strong, like creator's voice there. Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, yeah. that, all of that I think is true. But I think this movie is taken best in mini muffins. <laughs> I don't I don't want a meal of it. And this movie is yeah. like eating seventeen mini muffins. Like I don't, I don't, I don't want that. Um, I, I feel like this movie is best, like the best version of Napoleon Dynamite, the best use of Napoleon Dynamite, the best effect of Napoleon Dynamite on culture, is silent, two second gifts. Yeah. Well, say, if this, if this, if someone was pitching this today, it would end up on, as a web series. You know, like this would be on yes. Quibi today. Yes. Uh, and then it would become a movie that later that was like. You know, hey, universally, and yeah, didn't really work. <laughs> yeah, cool. Well, uh, we'll wrap it up. Nice, quick, quick episode. I think. Yeah. Um, what's What's next? Uh, well, uh, we can do. I've got. We've got two uh, special guests lined up. Um, uh, our friend, uh, friend of the pod, Jeff Schwartz, uh, is gonna join us, and we're gonna talk about uh, Contact, um, with, which uh, I've Jody never Foster. seen. Ooh, okay, I've never seen Contact, and my my like without question, my uh, what's the word here? My my entry point to McConaughey. Well, that's a weird thing to say. Yeah, um, is one hundred percent Wolf of Wall Street. What do, you, um, what do you mean? Your entry point is Wolf of Wall Street? That can't my, be right. It is. It's like, in. No, no, no. As in, like, what do you mean by entry point? Like, my, 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 my understanding of the actor McConaughey is Wolf of Wall Street. Like, for me, that's the movie that he's in. Not Dazed and Confused. No, no, it's Wolf of Wall really? Street. Yeah, and wow. I see. That like, is I've fascinating. Confused. I've probably seen. I mean, I think I've seen other movies with him in it, apart from Dazed and Confused, which I've definitely seen. But no, it's Wolf of Wall Street. To me, that is his most that is memorable fascinating. role. Um, Probably because that's the especially because he's, he's only been. in that movie for about ten minutes. I know, but that that's that's the movie that I like the best that I've seen him in. I probably is all it really is. The other one we've got to, I've got lined up is um, my brother. Actually, Tim uh, wants to come on and talk about uh, uh, Cannonball Run, which I've never seen. Yeah, I don't know that um, I have either. If I'm honest, I mean maybe when I was but, a kid, but I don't know. Yeah. 
Um, my brother has actually, like, I, I'm interested to do this with him because um, he's actually done a cannonball run. <laughs> he's actually gotten in a car and driven cross country in nonstop for a couple of hours. A couple, a couple. of hours. <laughs> uh, just, just a couple of hours. Um, yeah. So he has firsthand, his firsthand knowledge uh and experience so uh i think that's a that's an interesting way to look at look at this movie yeah for um, sure which again i've never i don't think i've ever seen so yeah. um so we'll get we'll get those guys on soon one or one of them will be on next week we'll just see which one's more available i mean everyone's available fuck i don't know we'll flip a coin <laughs> yeah well one has a child and one does not so Unless that is true. Unless Tim's life has changed in ways that I'm not aware of. <laughs> like, <laughs> all right. Well, that should just about do it for us. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, we'll be back next week, hopefully, with some more uh, cinematic revisitations for you. In the meantime, stay safe, stay healthy, stay the fuck at home. Have a lovely evening and a fantastical tomorrow.